Jess, Trey, Amy, Quinn, Ray, Leah, Maddie, Ray, Lily, Charlie, Faye, M, Bryce, Daniela, Elena, Marshall. Hey everyone, it's Ash and Liz, and you're talking with my puzzle pieces. Hi guys. Hello. <laughs> I don't even know who that was. I think it was a weird conglomeration of crazy. Probably. Uh, sometimes they're just crazy. Like it's not a specific person that's being weird or like it's not like that person always talks that way. It's just them being nonsense. We're just odd people. Well, like I was doing something with a patient at work today and um, like all of a sudden said something in like a weird voice and they were like, you do accents? And I was like, apparently, like, I don't know. It's just how it came out of my mouth. And they were like, why? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Like, we've been playing this dumb game. So you guys, this is totally off topic, but there's this game called Utter Nonsense. <laughs> and it's so great. And it's it's sort of apples to applesy, um, where, like, you have to, like, have one person who's, like, the picker and you want to get a certain number of cards and whatever. But it requires you to say all these, like, dopey, funny phrases in it's weird so accents. Great. It's so great. Um, and you have to be pretty uninhibited because, like, you have to do things in weird accents. But it's so much fun, and my kids love it so much, and my daughter especially is quite the actress. And so um, we've been getting very into that at my house. So I've, I've linked my weird accent at work on that game, which probably isn't true. I just am weird, but... I mean, you it, know. It made my patient leave me alone about being weird, so it seemed... And it, it's not a lie. That is the thing we're doing. It is a thing we're doing. I don't know if it's the reason we talk in no, weird accents, but we because before. because we did do that before, and the the kids would be like, "Okay, that's enough." Mm -hmm. But sometimes they get into it now. Um, but anyway, there's also an adult version, which is definitely definitely an adult version. Do not play that one with your children. Um, and if you have a group of adult friends that's up for a slightly dirty board game, um, it is a winner. It's the best. It's real great. Um, but anyway, that's all very off topic. I mean, you know. It's us. This is what we do. I feel like you guys are getting to know us, like, as humans more as we get more comfortable with this whole podcast thing. Like, in the beginning, we were very, like, focused on a task. And now we're just, like. Yeah, we're a lot more random. And honestly, that's how we are in real life. We're, like, probably one of the most random people you'll ever meet. Well, it's just, so. like, we just talk about whatever. And so, like, you're just getting to hear a little bit more. I think we do try to, like, keep ourselves a little reined in just because otherwise... We at least try to rate and not get too carried away. Well, otherwise we'd be here all night and would never actually talk about the thing we came here to talk about. So, anyway, tonight, the thing we came here to talk about um, is uh, terms, I guess, or words that you might hear. Um, so, we've thrown around a lot of words, like, in and out and big and little and I don't know, all sorts of things like that, co-conscious, sharing space. Um, and we have sort of explained some of them as we went, but not really all of them. We're not fully. And so we thought that it might be helpful for people who are listening who either A, have people and don't really know what words to use to describe some of like their experiences or um, like to explain some things to others and or for support people to have a better understanding of like what does someone with people mean when they say something um, and for therapists to help the, your patients to be able to give a language to some of the experience that they have so that um, you guys are speaking the same language when you're talking about what's going on with them and um, you are more able to understand what they mean and such so that is the goal uh, sorry i'm in a it's i you guys had a long weekend she did. Um, not in a bad way, just like it was busy and peopley, and like we as, and I think this is, I feel like this is semi common among people with DID. Like I need my like downtime to just like be me and be around someone who knows my people and just like be able to be kind of kooky and weird. And when I don't have that, I tend to get like more overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. I agree. You guys get more overstimulated, and sometimes you get a little, often when you're overstimulated, you get twitchy. Or just, like, zony and uh -huh. kind of shut down and, like, our brain doesn't want to work quite right. That's kind of how they were yesterday. It was just kind of a little bit in their own little world. Like, they could connect, but they were definitely not fully present. It was definitely harder. Definitely. Yeah, they told me a lot of times, like, my brain just doesn't work. Like, yeah, it sure doesn't. Yeah, you were asking me things and I was like, I have That's literally what I sounded like. Yes. That's not even an exaggeration. No, that's that about that's it. what was happening. Yep. It was not good. 
So anyway, um, I mean, I guess it, it makes sense to start with like the most basic, which to me is like the idea of like in and out. Yes. Uh, so if I say that I am out, what does that mean? means I am out in the world, functioning with the real humans. So it's like who you're interacting with. Those are the people that are out, the people that are talking to you, um, people that know what's going on in like their immediate environment. Those are the, that, that's the out. Mm-hmm. And if they're um, sharing space, which we're going to explain in a minute, there might be some that are out that you're not like actually directly interacting with. They're just more out and observing. They're just around. Um, which I sorry, think, I'm like really accenting now that we yeah, talked about it. I can't. Up. I can't stop it. It's too um, late. But like that can be sometimes disconcerting that someone can be out and be like listening, and you don't, and you don't know. necessarily know. Yep, it's definitely awkward for people who don't know what's happening. And I think for me. I don't think it ever was awkward. Um, like, even knowing that there were probably people listening. Like, there were some times where we would, like, intentionally block things because we were talking about something that might be triggering or whatever. But, like... Yeah. Um, like, I sort of assumed that there were people listening sometimes. And I guess I think that's probably a pretty safe assumption. If you are working with, talking to friends with, someone with DID, or people in general, that, like, probably other people are at least listening enough to make sure everything's okay. And that's just kind of what it is. Well, and it's kind of, I don't know, I guess I see it as, okay, maybe we should talk. Yeah, about we should finish it okay. out. Yeah. So that's, out. that's out. That's people who are interacting with you or um, who aware are aware of, of what's, what's going happening. on in the world. Yep. Um, so then in is the opposite of that. It's when you are in the inner world yes. and not as aware of what's going on or not aware at all necessarily. Yeah, you don't. So you can kind of be straddling both worlds a little bit, but in is like, if you're truly in, you don't know what's happening mm-hmm. in the immediate environment. Um, you don't know what people are doing. You don't have like that awareness mm-hmm. of what's going on. And I think the fact that like people can be part way in and part way out, especially certain people in certain roles also can make it more confusing um, because like, they're sort of there and like sort of aware, but they're not necessarily fully aware. Yeah. And I think this is where like, sometimes I'll be like sitting here talking with them and I'll be like, Hey, Trey, Mm -hmm. Trey, get your ass out here. And then because the Trey is a part that often is just like a little bit out or like also like a little bit listening, usually then he'll pop out real quick and be like, why, you know? Yeah. Cause he's just aware. But if I were to call, like, Marshall or somebody who tends to be very fully in, unless there's a specific reason to be out, then it's much harder to access that person, like, from the outside, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely people who are easier to get a hold of and people that sometimes it takes a little while longer. And every once in a while, you'll have, like, someone's doing something, Mm -hmm. and so they're harder to get a hold of. So there's that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so just to kind of review, like, in is in general, focused or in the inner world and the inner experience and out is existing, interacting, aware of the reality as we all see it out here um, in the, the, I don't want to say the real world because I feel like the inner world is real too, but like the agreed upon real world. Yes. Like our agreed upon realities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so then I guess we started talking about sharing space. So sharing space can be called sharing space. It can also be called being co-conscious if you want to be like more technically. Yeah. Um, I think we refer more as like sharing space mm-hmm. cause it just feels easier. And I think what well, it feels nice. <sighs> yeah. I feel like co-consciousness sharing. feels like, Oh, you're both just existing in this, mm-hmm. this world. You're both just here. For sharing space, like, we're intentionally, like, sharing our space. We're both here and Uh aware of. And I think for us especially because we do all know each other, so Mm -hmm. it feels more like sharing space. It doesn't just feel like two people are aware of what's going on. Mm -hmm. It feels like we're intentionally sharing the space with each other. I also think the difference is, like, when I think of, like, co-conscious, it feels like, oh, you're both equally here. Yeah. Um, And sharing space is not necessarily that. It can be. It can be one or more parts that are, like, pretty much equally dividing up awareness in terms of like who's more in control or whatever. But I think more often sharing space is like one person is out ist, like most out. And that's yeah. more of the voice that you hear or the mannerisms you hear or see. Um, 
And so sharing feels, I don't know, to me it feels more accurate. Like you are, you're sharing. Yeah, because it, yeah, it really does just depend. Like what you're doing and who needs to be out and what you need to be aware of. And that really determines like how much each person is present. And I think too, like, like that give and take feels like sharing to me too, like the, like flexing mm-hmm. back and forth of like who needs to be more out in this moment to respond and who doesn't. And I think we've illustrated that. Like I've listened back to some of our episodes where like, I'll be talking to one person and then um, someone else is just sort of all of a sudden there and speaking in their voice. Um, it's probably not because they just all of a sudden appeared and like com- commandeered the body and were like, well, now I'm going to talk. It's much more likely it's because they've been present and sharing like the listening role. And then now they're like, oh, I have something to say. And so they step a little bit more forward. Mm-hmm. That was something. Um, so Split's a horrible movie. <laughs> it's the worst. But the way they talked about sort of like sharing the light. I thought was interesting that concept of like yeah like you were aware of who's in the light and who's functioning and when you get a turn to be in the light mm-hmm. and like stepping in and out of it a little bit mm-hmm. um, I agree I've also had people that talk about like it's sort of almost like a control room where like if you're mostly in but still like having some outer awareness like it's almost like you're sitting and like watching it on a TV screen or something where you're like you can sort of engage or at least you can talk to the person who's more in control, Mm -hmm. um, but you're not the one like actively out in the world making decisions. So I think this concept of like sharing space is a muddy one for a lot of people Mm -hmm. because we want like as humans, we always want like the one clear answer, right? Sharing space means two plus two is four. Yeah. I think people want it to be more concrete, 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 concrete than it is. And it's just not, I don't think anything about DID is concrete. I don't either. And I also think if it, I don't know, if it was concrete, it would would be too rigid to be effective. Yeah. Um, And then the other thing, oh, I lost it. Hang on. It was something about. It's because I said concrete. I know you, you got my mind all broken with your nonsense words. Um, Word. Well, whatever. Your nonsense sounds. (sighs) Something to do with sharing space. It's gone. It'll probably come back as soon as we start talking about something else. I'm sure. It's going to bug me, you guys. You're going to have to let it go. I'm not sure if I can. But then we're just going to be sitting here. Everyone's going to just really to awkward anything. for everyone. Yeah. Well, like, you babble for a minute. Well, I don't know if I have anything else to say about sharing space, which is mm-hmm. why I said maybe we just need to move on. I think, too... Um, when I was, when I think this isn't what it was, but like when I think about sharing space, like sometimes when people are sharing, they're just presenting as like the face of the system. So like this body presents as Ash when they're sharing and they have kind of an agreed upon like demeanor um, as Ash. Mm-hmm. Other times when people are sharing space, it fluctuates a little bit. So like I'll be talking to them and I'll hear Trey's laugh and then I'll get a little bit of Quinn's voice and then I'll see someone else's smile. And like that piece is interesting. And I also think, like, once you get to know people, sometimes you can tell who's out just by, like, those little pieces or, like, by the energy. So we've talked about that before. Like, the feel in the room is different depending on who's out. Once, Like, once – it's a little harder in the beginning when everything's all overlappy and messy. Mm-hmm. But once people get to know themselves a little bit more, um, you can often tell by feel who you're with if you're paying attention, mm-hmm. um, which I've had clients find really disconcerting. Um, I had one client in particular that had a part that was, um, they were controlling and they weren't controlling in a, like, I want to be a jerk way. Although it was often interpreted that way. Um, they were controlling in a, like, I want to protect the system kind of way. And so sometimes I would be talking to, it was a male part and I'd be talking to one of their female parts and I would, I would just feel him like listening to the conversation and I would have to be like, dude you got to go the rest of the way in. Like, you know, these people are safe with me and they're having a really private like conversation that that Mm -hmm. you know, they don't want to listen you to listen to. Um, So I think that's a piece too of like learning to respect each other with the sharing space and like who's listening and do they have to be and, and all of that. Um, And it doesn't just have to be like one or two people. It can literally be the whole system um, or most of the system. You guys have learned to do that. But it also, like, the more people you have takes more energy from you, yeah? Yeah. 
we've gotten better. I think um, it's easier now for us to switch and have different people out and navigate that. In the beginning, when we were learning each other more, we were exhausted a lot more mm-hmm. often and switching between people took a lot more energy out of us. Um, and that has definitely become easier. And I remember that from, so I was, it was not that long after I met you guys as individuals and I was going out of town for like a weekend Mm -hmm. and there were a lot of people that wanted to like say goodbye to me and like make sure that I knew that like it was important that I come back. And so we had this like goodbye session where I talked, like said goodbye individually to Mm -hmm. pretty much all of the people I knew at that point. Um, And that's what I, like one of the biggest things I remember from that is how exhausted you guys were that you could like barely keep your eyes open. And also how exhausted I was because it's like you were just like sucking the life right out of both of us in order to have the energy you needed to let everybody say goodbye. Yeah, it takes a lot of energy to to do that. And it can take, if the other person's aware, it can take a lot of energy out of them too. Mm-hmm. And I think some people, like I tend to in general be more naturally aware of like energy in, in therapy sessions mm-hmm. and like feeling um, the energy from another person. I think that's where some of my like gut intuition comes from with stuff. Um, but yeah, you guys were, you were a little bit of a black hole sometimes, not as much anymore. Although when someone's really struggling, you are a little bit still. Mm-hmm. Um, and that makes me think like we haven't defined another term. So I think it's pretty self-explanatory, but when we talk about switching, what we mean is a part that has been in comes out or vice versa, or to some extent, like someone who's been sharing space, steps more forward and someone else steps more back. So it's essentially switching who's like in control of the body. Yeah, like who's driving the car. And when we say the body, we are talking about the physical body that is out in the world in which everyone lives. So for this human sitting next to me, the physical body is Ashley's body. So that's the body. And we talk a lot about like taking care of the body because everybody shares it and those sorts of things. Because if we say my body, that makes it feel like it's more one person's yeah, body. Yeah, like it belongs to just, if you, if I, like Quinn would say, well, it's my body. Like, I have to take care of my body. It's like, okay, well, you have to take care of Quinn's body when Quinn's out or Jess's body when Jess is out. But referring it to it as the body, we're talking about the physical body that we all inhabit when we are out. And I think doing it that way inspires a different sense of community about the body because, like, I don't know. Like, if I make a choice that I know will hurt my body, like, I feel like I can make that choice. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's my body. Um, but to make a, a choice that also hurts, like, my best friend's body or a child that I love's body. Like, I could not make a choice to hurt, like, Amy's body. Like, I just, I unless I knew it was for the best, right? Like, she needed something. Yeah. But, like, I couldn't hurt her for me. Um, and I think that does a does help with a sense of like caretaking for the body when we refer to it that way versus my body. I agree. Um, So I think sometimes people find that a little weird, like people who are unfamiliar with it is if like people are like detached from the body. And and that's not the case. I mean, like on some level you are because you exist somewhere else with like an inner body, Mm -hmm. but it's not out of a sense. Like when you refer to it that way, it's not out of a sense of like alienation from this body as much as a sense of community together in this body. Yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of an important distinction. Because I, I have heard people be like, the body. Yeah, the body. Yes, the body that I live in. Mm-hmm. That is not only yours. But everyone else's. Yep. Um, okay, so then there was something else I was thinking when we were talking about in, out, co-conscious, sharing space. Hmm. I thought it was connected to that. Well, let me look at my list and see if there was something that stands out. Um, well, so just like real basic, when we talk about people, there's a variety of ways that we can refer to like people or parts. So in, in like literature, they're often called alters um, or personalities. Sometimes they're parts. Sometimes they're people. Um I tend to call, I tend to use the word people because it feels, I don't, I don't know, more validating, I Mm -hmm. guess, um, than calling someone a part. Like, it just feels icky. Like, even though we know you're a part of a greater whole, you are also your own 
person. Yeah. And I don't know. What are your thoughts on people versus alter versus personality versus part versus any of the other zillions of terms? It depends per body, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Is one of the biggest things that I think people tend to forget is each system gets to define what works for them. Mm -hmm. So if alters or identities or people, like whatever works for your system Mm -hmm. is is what matters. It's not about what someone else wants to call it. So, like, someone might say, like, I'm an alter, or I'm an identity, or, like, someone mm-hmm. might say, like, no, I'm a freaking person. Yeah. So, listen to them. It, it doesn't have to be, and it doesn't do the same for every person in the system. Mm-hmm. Um, we refer to ourselves as people. Um, but then, um, the shades, that's what they... They, That's true. They're parts more. They are more parts or fragments, and they're okay with that. And they like to be called the shades. They don't like to be called people. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's what they've decided. So yep. just having that conversation with your people when you're able to um, and determining what they're most comfortable with. I think that's a really valid point. And so, like, card's very hot here. I had to shake a drink. Um as a therapist, I tend to go to people like that's my go-to word. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also do talk about other terms like alter part personality. And you're right, like whatever my patient is com- most comfortable with is what what I would choose um, if they wanted something different because yeah. they should they should be guiding it that way. I just if you read the literature, it's most likely alter or personality or maybe part. Yeah. Um, and then, like we've mentioned before, there's like some different letters that can talk about like how they view the types of parts. I don't want people to think like because that's what the literature says, you have to use that term. Yeah, you absolutely don't. It it really is what you determine and what the system feels most comfortable with. And I do think if you are a system and you have a good support person or a good support system, just letting them know what term you prefer, so that if you talk about one of my people. Some people talk about my people as, like, my close friends, right? Um, some people would say my people and they would mean an alter. So just making sure that the people who are supporting you know what words you use to have to communicate things and have that make sense. Um, should we talk about inside? Well, I was going to say system, I guess, is oh, another Oh, yeah, word. that's a good one. Um, I think that's pretty common in the literature mm-hmm. and doesn't really – from what I've read, differ drastically mm-hmm. from body to body, but by system, just mean whatever your people, whatever you want to call them, whatever your collective identifies as. Mm-hmm. Yeah, system's pretty common. Um, I also know a couple people who choose the word family, like my inner family or my 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 family of my people. Um, with that one, you just have to be careful that people know which family you're talking about. If you're trying to talk to a support and I, and as a therapist, be careful using the term family because a lot of abused people have been abused in their family of origin. And so family doesn't feel safe. And so I talk about like, it's like a healthy family sometimes. So that's not necessarily where I start, especially with people with family trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think there's another term I've had people use, but I can't think of like we talk about like being a team, I think sometimes or um, partners or that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But system is probably the most common. Yeah, that you'll that you'll hear and and I guess that's that's mostly what what you and I would use if we were talking about someone, unless there was a reason to, to do something different. Yeah, I mean that's how we refer to ourselves. That's how we refer to most people like that we know or that we've worked with, unless they identify something mm-hmm. different. Yep. Um, so then let's circle back to inside. So yes. we talk about like being in and out. Mm-hmm. When we talk about the inside, what does that mean to you? So the inside is different for everyone. The inside to us is our castle, our meadow, um, the area that we can be when we are not conscious and sharing space out here in external reality that is agreed upon by the humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the inside is essentially like in your mind or in that inner world. Yeah, what you've created. And it doesn't it's not static. It's not or it's not fixed. It's it changes, it's dynamic, it can grow and be altered. 
And that's one of the things that's been really interesting for me when I like meet a new system and I'm like starting to guide them in the whole like understanding themselves is helping them see like whatever your world inner world is now, you don't have to keep it exactly that way. If there's things you can do to increase comfort or increase communication or increase coping, you have the power to do that. And so like for you guys, when I first met you, your inner world was very different from what it is now. It was very limited. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that was functionality. Mm-hmm. Um, we had put kind of like a shroud, I guess, over our inner world to protect people. And that has changed. You don't need it anymore. We don't need it. So it was what we called like the white. It was um, just kind of this like white foggy space that everybody existed in. Mm -hmm. And now we have the castle and the meadow and things we, you know, some that were already there and some that we've created. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And I think even the things that were already there have had like upgrades. Like Mm -hmm. you guys have talked about everyone having their own room and being able to choose what that room looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, Trey has a chapel now where he can feel comfortable in his like faith role. Yep. We did not have that before. People have pets that they didn't used to have. Mm-hmm. And the um, meadow and waterfall weren't, that was kind of like newer, like we needed an outdoor space to kind of be and exist. And the garden um, mm-hmm. has changed a lot. It was a lot more limited and we've added stuff to it and created space where people can it was much more, like, walled off, too, wasn't it? Like, yeah, like, now it's more open and more accessible, and they're, um, like, we've changed things about it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so I'm trying to think of how to, so I've talked to people whose inner world is super limited, like uh, yours was in the beginning, and I've talked to people whose inner world is very advanced in terms of, like, complexity. Um And again, this is whatever works for you and your system in any given time. So if you guys need a shroud and you need things to stay super separate for a while as you're sorting things out, then that makes sense. And if you need um, things to be more open so people can be communicating or if certain people need a pet for coping or they need to have like a secret tunnel between bedrooms so that people can access each other more easily for support or um, sort of whatever that's okay. Mm-hmm. And that's like one of my favorite and things I'm most jealous of, if I'm honest about the inside is like, you could just change it. Like here, if I'm like, Hey, I wish my walls were a different color. Like I got to go to the store and I got to buy paint and then I got to paint them. And then maybe I don't even like the color and then I got to do it again. But on the inside, you're like, Hmm, I wonder what they look like purple. And they, they stink in R. Yeah. Like that's, that's so cool. It's really fun. It, it is. It's really fun. And to play around with stuff and change it up and I don't know you just kind of create and see what you think mm-hmm. and I've had patients too that that design sort of a almost like an inpatient room in their system and it looks different for different people I had one person it was a cellar I had one person that was like a freestanding room um but the idea being when there was a part that was really really unsafe but the rest of the system was pretty safe that that was a place that that one part could go and be supported and cared for by the others, but sort of contained. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they would go willingly. It wasn't like we're throwing, they were throwing people in jail. Um, but the idea of like, I'm going to go here and work through what's going on with me with the support of my system. So the whole system maybe doesn't need to go inpatient or that the whole system, mm-hmm. the whole body can be kept safe. And that's, you can't, you can't do that out here. Like I, I can't do that. Like I, if I need to go inpatient, I'm just gonna have to go inpatient. There's no inner, thing to do right like that's not how that works um or I had us yeah you, I mean you get the flexibility to create really whatever you want mm-hmm. and that's and and appearances you can also just change what you look like yeah that's also magical I can't do that like I can be like yeah I don't I don't like that I don't like that looks today we're all done with that you can just just change it let's do it well, like, I had a patient who had a, a child's part who had been wearing the, the same exact outfit, which they hated for their entire existence. And I was like, well, why don't you change your clothes? And they would just, like, couldn't, like, what? Like, that's a thing I can do? And it was huge for that person just to have that much power over their inner environment to be able to mm-hmm. choose to take off this outfit um, that represented bad things to them and put on something new. 
or I had someone who had a person who was naked and it was connected to their role. Um, and this guy just wanted some clothes. So we gave him some clothes and he was so much easier to talk to because he felt a little bit of dignity. Why did you say, oh no? Because of the way you laughed. <laughs> so we had to pause again, you guys, because you know, the 30 minute mark. I was going to say something funny, but then you messed me up because you said, oh no. Sorry, I didn't realize I said, oh no, after you said But it would it. suck to be naked all the time. It would suck to be naked or, all the time. Or you could be naked all the time. If it wasn't triggering and you wanted to be, just let it all hide and out. Well, that's because I don't know what to do about it. Um, this, <laughs> and I'm, and I'm, I'm glad I don't have to be on the inside of this. So, but I think the point is like everybody's inner world is unique to them and to their experience and it can grow and change with you. And I think for people who are support people, um, asking questions and like, it's okay if you don't answer or you don't want to answer, but like, I want to understand what it's like there. And like, I think that that's a really okay thing to do. And if you're a therapist, it helps you understand a little bit about how the system functions, right? Like if currently their internal world is very segmented and they don't have the ability to contact each other or interact much on the inside, that tells you a lot about where communication is at. Mm -hmm. um, versus not like for you guys where you just kind of all live in in a giant castle slash meadow slash whatever and it, there's not a lot of areas that like anybody couldn't go yeah it's very accessible to everybody and it's very open um and communicative but it was not always that way mm -hmm. right you guys have worked hard to make it that way mm -hmm. yep yeah so okay so that's sort of what we mean when we talk about like the inside um a term that you've heard us use probably more than just today probably other times too is like little or big um and we're not just talking about like some an object being little or big we're using it to refer to people um and it's interesting to me how common this is like in books and stuff even though in the literature now it'll say yeah like, little because it's it, it's that it's common pretty accepted so little is generally a child alter um, and there's not like a set age of like, you know, under this age, they're considered a little, it's more about like, do they feel and interact as a little, mm -hmm. um, and would they identify as a little, but in general, especially like younger children, like, I don't necessarily consider like, like, I don't think of like Ray as a little, except when she's being little, but yeah, in general, she's, she's not really like little though. Cause there's also a, there's also a lot of teens. Yes. So there's like little teen and big if it's kind of like three states and there can be more but that's mm -hmm. like if you had to, to have a broad categorization well i think it's really similar to how it is out here in the world right like you expect different things from a child than you do from a teenager than you do from an adult and i think it's often not always um the same in a system that the parts that identify as older especially as the body gets older take on more of um like decision-making roles like so if mm -hmm. you are close to the body's age you're probably more likely to be like a leader in the body um but not necessarily mm -hmm. i don't know it's just me babbling i guess i'm just processing okay so like trey is a is a big I'm a big uh, but when i met you you were more of an in-between and you've grown into a big i have um, and when we first started talking about you, like in a more leadership role, you thought we lost our minds, me and the others in your system. Well, you had, but it's all right. Um, so he's grown to a big, but started out as an in-between. But then like Jess has always been a big, in, in yes. my experience with her. Yes. And I think in, in terms of her existence. Yes. So, yeah. So that's what we mean when we say little or big, or if you read about it in literature, we're talking about, they're talking about potentially like child parts or adult parts and you hear little more than you hear big i think i think so too um they might use like an adult an adult part or some other terminology mm -hmm. to refer to a big but we sometimes will say like a little or a big so i want to make sure you know what we're talking about at least um and then we were going to talk a little bit and we've done this like in much more depth than other episodes but just a real brief when we talk about dissociating because dissociating doesn't necessarily mean going in um, when we say dissociating, we generally don't mean going in. We will say going in. Mm -hmm. So what do we mean? So dissociating is, I think it starts out as going in, if that makes sense. Like no. when you're like, it, I, I wasn't saying it like that. Like it didn't make sense. Okay. Um, 
before you've created all your peoples. Yeah. Associating it's kind of like going away in your own head. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then once you have the inner world, you can dissociate without going into the inner world. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about dissociating, it's more like the person's kind of in that white space where they're not existing in the inner world and interacting with people. They're not really functioning here in the outer world. They're kind of in this like far away place where things don't feel like real life. And you can dissociate without having DID or without having people. Um, it's a fairly common people response do it all the time. to trauma. And, and then can once you've learned to do it, you can do it in other situations. But so, like, I think of it a little bit like being drunk. Where, like, you're like, is this real? Like, what's, like, what's happening right now? And, like, you kind of don't care almost sometimes, like, if it's real or what what's going on. And, like, you're just mm -hmm. not emotionally connected. Um, to what's going on in the world in a way you would be if you were more grounded. Yeah. And I've had patients that are really bothered by dissociating because it, like, messes with their memory. It messes with their ability to, like, carry out, like, normal tasks because they're thinking so much more slowly. So it can definitely be problematic. Um, but it can also be a survival skill. And I think that's, like, something else, too. And I think, again, we touched on this. But, like, dissociating isn't necessarily bad. People dissociate as a way to survive something awful or a way to get through something that their brain doesn't know what to do with. And so in that way, it's super healthy, actually, and adaptive. Mm -hmm. um, but it becomes a problem when we're dissociating in the wrong situation yeah. or to a point that it interfacts or it interfacts. That's my word, you guys. It interferes with our ability to function, at which point it becomes more of a disorder versus just a way of coping. Yes. Yes. All right. Let me see. Was there anything else on this list that we wanted to talk about? Oh, the idea of healthy, healthy multiplicity. Do you want to talk about uh, that? Yes. Yes. Yes, but you have no words. Yes. I did my bed back in. I be not having the beds. I be losing it. A titch. All right. I shall reset now. All right. Maybe. Maybe. It's hard, to, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. I can talk if it's, you need me to. Oh, I got a pinch in my shoulder and I just sat up and woo. So I think it's about my dancing this weekend. You know, I was like jamming out and I cricked my neck. Hey, Jess. <laughs> Why did I get kicked out? No, I'm going to talk about this. Okay. So, we touched on this, I think, a little bit. We, we talked about DID and mm -hmm. how we wouldn't really qualify our body as having DID because at this time, at this time, because the dissociation isn't and our identities are not the part that's affecting our functioning. You so, guys, Trey talks with his hands a lot, and I wish you could see because it's great what's happening over here. Go on. I had to burp and I held it in. You should be so proud of me. Okay, I'm um, very proud of you, and I'm sure your body is also pleased with your choice. One, I'm sure all of our listeners are because I don't know if I could have edited that out. I don't think you would have. Um, so healthy multiplicity is when your parts can communicate and you can, the people can go in and come out and know what's going on in the world and can function as a whole. So all the parts can work together to function and there's not any disorder or disruption, um, or not areas. Like there might yeah. be a little, just cause we all have our own like internal disorder and disruption. Yes, but day. it's not causing significant impairment, impairment or distress in your areas of functioning. Yep. So, so yeah, that the idea is that you just having people is by itself not necessarily a problem. It's how having people is impacting your functioning. And that can be because they're not communicating. It can be because one part's like not willing to accept that they have people and it's causing them a ton of distress, just like that knowledge. There can be a lot of reasons um, where like for why the dissociation or the peopleiness is a problem. The peopleiness. Yeah, you like my word. I do. <laughs> I thought it was good. Um, and like they said, it doesn't necessarily mean there's a problem just because those people exist. Um, and I think when I, when I think about this, sometimes I think about um, there's a group. I think they're based in Florida, but they do a conference in Florida every year. Um, I think they're called An Infinite Mind. So. Yes. Um, and they're so cool. And someday we're definitely going to go to their conference. Um, it's going to so, happen, y'all. So if you're listening, just wait. Because we, we will be there, Infinite Mind folks. We will when when COVID isn't messing with all of the thing. And some year when you don't 
choose to schedule your conference on a weekend, but I have my children for a long weekend and, and don't want to be like, hey, so mom's getting rid of you to go to Florida for the weekend. Like that feels not great. Yeah, but, so, but we will. We will. We'll be there. And anyway, why I brought them up is because they have this conference um, every year where they bring together people who have DID or healthy multiplicity with therapists and support people and we all go to the same conference so normally it's very like such like segmented with things like and this. it's often there's often not like a conference for no. people with DID it's, or with any or, disorder really with, yeah it's more um, there's support groups for, you know, online forums for the people who are struggling with the things mm -hmm. or who have struggled with the things. And then there's little conferences for the therapists. Yeah, so we can all go learn about these crazy anomalies that exist. Yeah, and to bring them all together is just, I think that's beautiful. I do. And they're support people. Yes. Yes. I wish we did this with more disorders. I think it's such an amazing idea. And like you all, my understanding, like I said, I haven't been there, is it, but that you're all attending like the same things. So like you're learning together and being able to process mm -hmm. your experiences and share. And I think there are some like breakouts. Mm -hmm. And so like for us, if you're in mental health and you have healthy multiplicity slash DID, you can choose what to go to. And mm -hmm. it's just cool. Yeah. And I think like a safe place for people to be vulnerable and be like, yeah, I do have people or like as a support person to be able to say, oh my gosh, this is so hard when this happens. How the heck do you manage it? Um, so yeah. Anyway, healthy multiplicity is a thing. And that it is that group is pretty cool. And maybe we'll, we'll link to them in our, our little show notesy thing that we do at the bottom. And by we, I mean, Jess, because that's, or Quinn, because that's not my job. I don't, I don't do that part. I just sit here and and talk and look pretty. Oh, you, you're just so pretty. Not today, though, you guys. We went for a run Boy, slash walk slash exercised in, like, 88-degree weather, so there's no pretty. Mm -hmm. um, and we also probably smell. Yeah. I also think um, maybe it's not that conference. The So there's another um, podcast about DID called System Speak. Mm. So shout out to System Speak because you um that podcast is one of the the couple that got us thinking about doing one mm -hmm. um dissociative identity disorder and um i believe her name's emma mm -hmm. um who does that podcast attends either the isstd conference or the infinite mind or maybe both maybe both i think so, i definitely heard her mm -hmm. talk about connections to the isstd yeah so that's just cool that's mm -hmm. another thing that's out there that's cool that um, as a professional and as someone who um, has DID, um, that system does stuff like that and speaks out. And so mm -hmm. that's, that's something, you know, this is kind of our way of starting down that path. Yeah. I think the more people who are willing to, like, be honest about their experiences, the, like, the better. And I also think, like, the more accepted it will be to be, because in general in mental health, like, if you're a therapist, you have to be, like, healthy and stuff. Right? Like well, you're not I, supposed to struggle and you're not supposed to not be able to cope or have suicidal thoughts or, or whatever. You're not really supposed to struggle except everyone struggles. So that's nonsense. And yes. so many disorders, I, we talk about do either have to manage them mm -hmm. or um, like they have to be in, in you know, remission. You, mm -hmm. you can't be depressed anymore. Or, um, yeah. And I think to be more ex accepting of, like, not that you want to live with depression, but maybe you're living with depression right now, and that's just real life. Or maybe you're living with DID, and that, but, like, to just accept that. And then to accept, like, um, someone who ha has healthy multiplicity, I'm not, you know, or I think if you think about personality disorders, once you got one of those, you got it. Yeah, like, they don't, and to, they don't ungive you that. Yeah, and to be able to say, like, I'm living, I don't know, be close to, like, I'm living with healthy borderline personality. Mm -hmm. Or like an adaptive or something. Yeah. Like a different um, term for it. So I think there's still some, some work to go, and I think mm -hmm. those conferences are a good start to that kind of stuff. Yeah, I agree. And I think we as professionals just need to work to be really aware that, like, if we see a coworker struggling with something like like DID or like depression or like anxiety or trauma, um, that we don't assume they can't do their job. And we look at it purely from a, like, how can I support them because they're a human and I potentially hopefully care about them? Um, and then also like making sure that they are doing their job well, just like you would if someone in their family passed away or they had cancer or any other thing that might potentially impair their job duty, like having struggling with a mental health thing shouldn't be any different than that. 
of reach. So that's a little soapbox. It's not necessarily super directly related to what we're talking about, but but it happened. Well, you're a captive audience. So um, when we go on a tangent, like you're just kind you're of stuck, stuck with us. I mean, you can skip ride. forward if you need, but uh, please then don't. Miss the that, that's just us. Don't, don't be that person. Yeah. Don't do it. Well, and then, like, maybe we said something really brilliant. Yeah, we're pretty brilliant. Or I'm pretty, I'm like, and I'm pretty funny. You might miss something good. He is funny. Um, or, like, maybe we said <laughs> something that you'd have a question about or something. So. Anyway. So don't do it. And anyway. But I listen. Think, so that's good. I think that's kind of where we're at. Is that all our... Did we hit the... I think we did. Did we want to touch briefly? Oh, yeah, we did. You want to go? You want me to go? We, we oh. Okay, so one of the things I think we're going to talk about, we were debating doing it tonight, but we've already said a lot of words at you, um, is sort of some of the different roles that are common in DID. So across systems, there's a few roles that just tend to, there tends to be one or more parts that fit that role, um, which if you're, um, if you've ever read any of Carl Jung's work, it's really interesting how closely some of them fit with like his archetypes and his idea of the collective unconscious. Um, and that's something that I just find interesting. And it's a side note. But so some of the ones that we've talked about more um, would be a protector. So someone whose job it is to protect the system in some way. Um, and sometimes protectors can be unpleasant because that that's how they interpret how they can protect others. They can be royal dick weasels. <laughs> they, they can. Um, <laughs> And like I did have a part, like someone I I worked with for a while who had a part who was a lovely human, um, and they were totally an asshole sometimes. And we developed a close enough relationship that I could say that, and I could be like, "Dude, you're being an asshole right now, and you need to find a better way to be productive because like this is alienating your system." Um, so anyway, we can talk about that more, but we'll get into more. But there are yes, protectors, uh, child alters, what we call littles. That's actually mm -hmm. also a a type. a type or a role or whatever you mm -hmm. want to creators yeah gatekeepers mm -hmm. so there's a lot of them and i think we'll, we'll get into that a little more and um talk about the different ones um and there's a lot out there there's some more commonly recognized ones some not so common ones there's probably ones we're gonna miss because there's not like a complete body of research on it well, and there's some that, differ. like, are pretty, like, uncommon that we're just not going to, like, dive too far down the rabbit hole. So we might mention or we might just completely skip them over. Um, but so, like, if you're a part and you're listening to this and you're like, I don't think you really described anything that fits me, that's okay. Because either you might have a role that we don't talk about or um, there, there's a lot of parts that are, are more than one role or they express their role in a way that's a little bit different than what you would, like, intuitively think. Um, and you don't have to fit into a role. These are just common no. things that that are present. Yep. And so that's one of the things I think we're going to talk about when we come back to this topic next time is sort of like, what roles does Trey identify? What roles does Jess identify? Maybe not everybody, but at least some of the people you've talked to a little more who are more willing mm -hmm. um, to share that so that you can kind of hear some of the overlap. And then as you're like thinking about that person and thinking about a role, have sort of an idea in your head of like, oh yeah, that's right. Like that's what a protector may or may not look like or whatever. So, and I think for me, when I was first meeting you guys, it helped me a little bit to be able to conceptualize mm -hmm. um, roles because it helped me understand motivations for things that I maybe otherwise wouldn't have understood. But if I know like this person tends to be a protector, then I can think about, okay, did they do this nonsense thing from that, like that motivation or so, so that's just a glimpse, you guys, at um, where we are hitting what's coming next. Also, side note, you have really long toes. So we're we're sitting on the couch, and um, Trey's been like, I don't know, like sort of playing with my toes <laughs> while we're They're talking. Just, it's like a finger. It's like this one's as, almost as long as my pinky finger. Yes, I I do have monkey toes. They're, they're long. Um, they are. They're long and they're thin, and I can definitely pick things up with them. Um, I can also, like, pop them by, like, grabbing one toe with the other toe. Like a little baby hand. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, Sorry, I just, they're right here. Yeah. Well, now you all know about my toes, you guys. So. Sorry, I tend to be easily distracted. Yes, you are a little bit like a puppy dog. 
love you, I guess. Well, that's good. <laughs> All right, I think that they're done listening to us. I, we're pretty, yeah, we're sorry. I, I, this yeah. wasn't our most cohesive. It wasn't. No. But you know, sometimes that's like, and you want you want to talk about not cohesive. You should see what our brain looks like sometimes. Yeah, that. Um, also, I have a really bad headache, so I don't feel like my my words are quite as as good as they sometimes are. So those are the terms <laughs> that we hopefully explained. But maybe didn't do well. So if you ever have a question, or if we ever say something in an episode, and you're like, "Yeah, I don't think you covered that in terms," or I don't remember because you were all over the place. Please just email us and ask. Yep, absolutely. Because if you missed it and or have a question about it, probably someone else does too who might not be willing to email. And so that gives us the opportunity to like throw in a like a note in, a, in an upcoming show or add yeah. it to a list of topics or whatever. So Yeah, or if you listen and you ask in, our, in like the next episode, we could say like, hey, we got an email and mm-hmm. we, we just want to add this. We want to clarify yep. this real quick. Yeah, or if we said something that you think is total bollocks, like, go ahead and tell us. And if, if we... Bollocks? Yeah. That's a good word. I think, thank you. I like that word. Um, and if we agree with you that we might be wrong, um, which probably won't happen because mostly we're geniuses. Um, but no, but if we if we said something poorly or whatever... Or like, you have a different experience, just let us know and we, we can always add that and mm-hmm. say, like, someone else described, you know... Yeah their experience of this yep. like this, and we just wanted to put that out there that this might be how people experience Yeah, it. absolutely. I think that's one of the things we're, we're hoping for. We're really willing to share people's experiences and to use their names or not use their names or however they mm-hmm. they want, but we would like to to do that. Yeah, because like we've said so many times, like the experience of DID is so individualized and so unique that like we're only really talking from the perspective of Ash and her people, and then like little pieces of things I can share from patients that isn't like it's not going to identify who they are in any way, mm-hmm. um, but that can like give you another kind of glimpse into things I've been told or have witnessed. But so if you have an experience that you feel like we haven't like represented well or whatever, like please, yeah. please, please let us share that with the world. We we would we would like to, and plus we'd like to be friends. Like maybe not besties because maybe. Maybe not. That might be I mean, maybe not. I don't know if we'll share that much information, but but we're delightful, and I'm sure you're delightful if you're listening to this because you must be. So yeah. So let's let's be friends. I like that. Yeah. Like and like be able to like answer questions for each other and that kind of thing. So so there you go. We're, so on that tangential go. note, we're leaving you. We're gonna actually be done. Yes. Goodbye. Goodbye. Have a good night. And if you needed to listen to this in more than one day, <laughs> we, we understand. understand. Bye. Bye.